This summer, we're bringing you double Koi gig. I think the amount of high scoring has been a surprise to me because I thought that the teams were closer than what they are, but the powerhouses seem to still be the powerhouses. Subscribe to the OTB Koi gig pod on the OTB Sports app now. And you're very welcome along. Wednesdays off the bull. We've got a pretty stacked show. I think it's fair to say Wednesday Night Rugby features Brian O'Driscoll running the rule on what I think we're comfortably calling at this stage the greatest achievement in Irish rugby, no less. So Brian is with us after 8 o'clock. A couple of days out now from an All-Ireland Football Final weekend. Colin Boyle is a four-time All-Star at Mayo, has been in his fair share over the last decade. I promise you a brilliant conversation with Colin Boyle after 9 and then this hour, James Corrigan of The Telegraph. No journalist probably in uh, the world has broken more stories about the Live Golf revolution. Well, those Live Golf upstarts have just taken the European Ryder Cup captain for good measure. Henrik Stenson off to Live Golf. James Corrigan with us, half seven. Text number 53106. We're at Off The Ball on Twitter. Michael McCarthy, you're in studio. Hello. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm very well. Richie McCormick, hello as well. Gents, how are we? Very well. I was sorry to miss uh, Monday's show. Richie, I know you stood in. It was uh, quite the weekend, really, on uh, various fronts. So Brian O'Driscoll with us after 8 o'clock. I hadn't uh, fully appreciated just how exclusive the uh, list Ireland joined was. Uh, South Africa, if we're talking series wins in New Zealand, South Africa in 1937, Australia 1986 in their real golden age, France in 1994, and that's it. I mean, you have the lines in 71, so you include that. But in terms of other nations, other teams to have done this, Mick, we're at three before mm. Ireland in 2022. It is uh, quite something. So Brian Driscoll on the way after Aiden. More teams have won Cup. the World Cup. Say again? Sorry, Joe. More teams have won the World Cup. So, you know, in, in some ways we've done better than winning the World Cup, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> well, I mean, you're, you, you are welcome to <laughs> put it that way, Michael, I think. But Brian Driscoll on the way, I think um, even he at this stage is, is comfortably calling it the greatest achievement in Irish rugby by um, a distance, really. Yeah, I, I'm starting to feel like there's less and less dispute about that as we go on uh, this week because, you know, there's... Uh, like, we do have to take into account that this might not be the best New Zealand team of all time, but at the same time, there's been plenty of New Zealand teams that haven't been great over the years, and this tends to just not get done. And the fact that an Ireland team went and believed in themselves enough and backed themselves enough to go and do it, I think it's it's starting to starting to like. You made a point last week on the show about uh, the Grand Slam in 2018. Like it was an amazing achievement, but we we beat France in Paris at the first day, and then by the time we got to Twickenham, you know, won some home games, and then England were at a low ebb, you know, and it was a comfortable Grand Slam, which is an incredible thing to do. But this is something that's just like unprecedented. So yeah, I, I just I just find there's less and less argument that at least in a rugby sense, and don't you dare, don't you dare compare sports with Richie McCormick in the room. But <laughs> oh, really? this, this kicked off, did it? But for rugby, no, I just just uh, it, we yeah. we didn't like the comparisons. Richie didn't. It was this pointless, you know. I think what Mick says there, like, and we covered it on Monday, obviously, was like in and of itself the Ireland rugby achievement in. New Zealand over the past two weeks, three weeks is incredible and should be treated as such because it is really, really special and they should be lauded for what they've achieved. But as soon as you start crossing the streams and comparing sports with sports, you're in Phil's territory, really. Mm. Yeah, there's no winning. Well, the reason I bring it up is, well, one, Brian Driscoll on the show after eight o'clock, but two, Warren Gatland in <laughs> yeah. The Telegraph today named his hypothetical 
match squad for the Lions. And boy, oh boy, what a difference a year makes. So uh, in at number 10, Johnny Sexton. From not even in the squad to in at number 10, Johnny Sexton. Sexton, one of nine Irish players Warren Gatland would have picked were the Lions playing South Africa this year. Also in his starting side, Robbie Henshaw, no surprises. James Lowe in there. Jameson Gibson Park in there. Tyke Furlong, no surprises. James Ryan, also omitted from the squad last summer, is in. Tyke Byrne, no surprises in. Josh van der Fleer and Caelan Doris. So what he said about Johnny Sexton was... I, I was wrong. <laughs> but barely, like not even. No, I, like, when you, I, I don't even think he is saying I was wrong. He says, I think Marcus Smith is something special, but if I want to win a game next week, Johnny has to start. You can't take away from the impact he's had over the last year. In South Africa, I was concerned about his injury record and whether he could get through the tour. I still probably ask myself now whether it was the right decision to leave him at home. Of course it was the wrong decision to leave him at home. What are you still asking yourself for? I tweeted this after the game, uh, somewhat facetiously, you know, one of those tweets that you kind of don't think too much about and it blows up and four days later you're getting replies off people and I'm like, I've forgotten about this, what are you still on at me for? But uh, it was, people kind of took it very seriously, it's like, Johnny wasn't in form last year and it's like, that's frankly not true. He was in, he, he was at least as in form as any, as Dan Bigger or any of the, or, 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 or as uh, Russell or... Smith, I don't know. Like, I mean, the idea that Johnny Sexton wasn't the person to do the job, I understand there might have been a concern that he might have been able to get through the three tests and he was struggling a lot more to do that a year ago than he is now. But other than that, like, on quality and on form, it's absolutely nonsense that he wasn't brought in that tour. I was banging that drum a year ago, um, as I'm sure most people were. But, like, the other side of it is, though, I would imagine that Ireland have benefited from the fact that Johnny will, Johnny. Sexton didn't go on a Lions tour uh, last year and actually got exactly. some reasonable real time off and look as we know whether we can have all the debates about backups or not we need Johnny Sexton yeah. to go for another 14 months 15 months in his career and be at this level and I'm sorry but the worst Lions uh, test series of all time wasn't where we needed him last summer totally it's one of the great blessings in disguise in his career not that he may See it that way still, but absolutely agree. We should start the news round. It's brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. So again, James Corrigan with us talking live golf half seven. Brian O'Driscoll after eight. Colin Boyle previewing the All-Ireland Football Final is after nine. Richie, you are starting with the golf. I guess, I mean, it's, it's just so insane a period in mm. golfing history. But like, I mean, you almost have to stop yourself and go, hang on. The European Ryder Cup captain just walked away from the job today. He did indeed, or at least he doesn't see it as such because Henrik Stenson has been officially stripped of the Ryder Cup captaincy. The Swede will join the Saudi-funded Live Golf ahead of this week's event at Trump Bedminster and next week's event, pardon me, at Trump Bedminster. Uh, Stenson indeed confirming the move this evening in a statement. He says he doesn't agree with the decision to strip him of the captaincy, but it's one that he for now has to accept. Stenson had been appointed captain back in March while rumours of him joining the Live series were still circulating, but Ryder Cup Europe said today that he will no longer be able to fulfill contractual obligations. In contrast, Denson, in his statement, says that Liv were being very accommodating in his role as European captain and would have allowed him to fulfill any engagements which he needed to partake in. But his predecessor, Padraig Harrington, says Stenson's move hasn't come as a surprise and it now may be time for a big conversation among the three major tours. I think we've got to work with the principle that Liv is here to stay and it's going to be normal, normalised. 
we've got to work with that principle rather than hoping that it's going to go away. Uh, they're pretty committed. Uh, they've got momentum. They, they, they certainly look like they have uh, got over the threshold. Uh, so as I said, somebody like, like anybody leaving now is, is going with little or no risk. Uh, whereas the guys who jumped ship first time were taking a big chance. Uh, but now these guys, no, it's, it's, it's going to be normal in, uh, normal in professional golf in, in two years' time, maybe sooner. So we've got to work on that principle of figuring out how everybody can coexist. Uh, you know, it's only 15 events uh, on the face of it. So, let, you know, it's, they're not taking over golf. They're not interfering with the majors. Uh, so, yeah, look, it's going to be normal. Let's work out how we can all work together. Uh, in, in this and, 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 and figure out what, what needs to be done that you know it's not as as big an issue as controversial you know you know I see, I grew up in a different era obviously 25 years ago there was a lot of contention between tours and a lot of you know toing and froing where you couldn't cut and play I, I actually ended up living in the golden playing through the golden years where I had I had great choice uh, so yeah look this could go back to that sort of thing in time but as I said if they they look like they're here to stay and in, in, as I said the longer they're here the more normal it's going to be and that means everybody's going to have to work together Yeah Harrington there there's no doubt they're pretty much at the point of critical mass live golf and he's probably right Harrington in that some you know they'll have to be brought into the tent and normalised and world ranking points will have to be discussed and all of this will be uh, painful for the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour to hear but it's probably where it's heading because the players on mass here are just following the money and i would think now there'll be a real cohort who are thinking to themselves well harrington's right here and at some stage over the next six to 12 months everyone's going to sit around a table and the live golf tour will be uh, normalized and they'll stop having to hand out these 50 60 70 80 90 plus million mm. dollar contracts so i better go now because in a year, 18 months' time, all the lads who went early will be saying, you really missed that sweet spot where you could have went, made a lot of money. And uh, Stenson has looked at a reported 40 million, and he's 46 years old now. His playing career is effectively over. He missed the cut at the Open. And he said, like, where else am I going to make 40 million guaranteed at this stage of my career? And the obvious answer is nowhere. From a live golf perspective, Mick, I mean, talk about a move just designed to cause chaos. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's it. It couldn't be more obvious. Like what I was saying is Europe should have appointed some stooge as European captain that they that they didn't actually want and have somebody else working behind. Get that person. That person's basically been paid 40 million for that role, uh, for that for that stoogism. Um, but look, like that's exactly what they're just trying to do is to cause chaos, uh, you know, put as many, many holes into the current golf structure as they can and see what's left at the end of it and just force their way in. And they're winning. You know, you've you've made that point just now. Harrington has made it. Whatever way we want to look at it um, and whatever moral objections you might have to it and not just from the Saudi owned, but the way they're doing it, um, they're winning. You know, this is inevitable now. Uh, I don't yeah. see any way back from it. There might be some bumps along the road uh, before you get to it, and there might be some bad feeling that lasts a long, long time. But mm. ultimately, deals are going to be made, world ranking points are going to happen, and you know, majors, jewel uh, positions on the tours, etc. Yeah, a lot of rumours now Cam Smith is going to go for about $90 million. 
uh, fresh with the claret jug. And you can just imagine the photo shoot at the first Live Golf event. He'll have the claret jug on the first tee. He'll be also oh, having Norman. You know? well, I'd say the RNA are going to make a phone call there. Well, like, why, what are you going to do? Are you going to offer me 90 million RNA? Well, like they're, they're certainly not going to obviously stop him from joining Live Golf, but he's not going to rock up with the uh, the claret jug in hand because there'd be ructions if that actually happens. Him joining the Live Tour is, is another thing entirely. Them Him using their intellectual property as a means of leverage and a means of... Uh, kind of getting himself shown off as a as a new recruit is is not something that would go down too well. Are there rules on what you can do in your year with a trophy? I don't think so. You know, like is so. it well yeah, you have you have use of that for a year. I'm sure you're not allowed to do certain things. So certain distasteful things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't like mean what? anything specific. <laughs> Stuff getting weird. <laughs> what weird things have happened to trophies? Five three one oh six. Get us out of the ball on Twitter. Uh, I think he'll show up with the claret jug and, and the Ornay will go bananas, but like 90 million is 90 million, you know? Uh, the really interesting thing now is they pick a replacement, be it Thomas Bjorn or whoever. I mean, if you're Greg Norman hanging out with the Saudis, you're like, let's now offer Thomas Bjorn and actually Zach Johnson for a good measure. Let's take every captain they hire for the next 18 months. You know, what can you do? 40 million for Zach Johnson, worth it. Next man in, 40 million. Like Tom Watson's going to be captain by the end of this thing. <laughs> Tom Watson's going to be playing by the end of this thing <laughs> Monty versus Tom Watson in the oh, Ryder Cup what you I'd watch that yeah so um, James Corrigan uh, of the Telegraph I would say has broken more stories around live golf than any other uh, golf journalist we can think of certainly so he's going to join us at half seven and give us hopefully a very good feel for where this is going in the medium term big game tonight Rich yeah, Women's Euro 2022 reaches the quarterfinal stage this evening. Hosts England going up against Spain at Brighton's Amex Stadium and kickoff is at eight. Meanwhile, women's football's visibility has been given a huge boost today with news of its inclusion of two major leagues in the next edition of FIFA. England's WSL and France's Division en Feminine will be part of FIFA 23 launched later this year. Yeah, very nice uh, move. There's uh, text coming in. This is like when WCW... We're coming in for all of WWF's biggest stars. We're now at the point where they took the women's <laughs> champion purely so they could throw the belt in the bin live on you know TV. What? I was, I was, I was reminded of a very. This will, this, this is very uh, specific and very nerdy and very wrestling oriented. So forgive me for this, but the talk of poaching people just as they're appointed captains reminds me of a specific story whereby there was these two wrestlers called Kevin Nash and Scott Hall who had jumped from Vince McMahon's company to WCW. At one point, because WWF owned the intellectual properties of the characters they portrayed, were saying that these characters were coming back. And behind the scenes, the two guys who had jumped in the previous year were being asked in WCW, um, are, have you heard about you know your characters going back to, to WWF? And they were like, why, 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 why do you want to know? And they eventually got pay rises out of it because of the threat that they could go back when there was no threat whatsoever so similarly i think there could be people who are like yeah i'm getting a bit of a a bit of a conversation with the european Ryder cup chiefs i might be uh worth a few more quid in a few months and then not. i'm getting an itch for the pga tour yeah Jones pretty much says, uh, this whole live golf debacle is exactly. basically succession. Greg Norman is Logan Roy. Somebody else, Sexton in South Africa would have been a disaster. I'm not sure I'd even play him against them in the World Cup pool stages. I mean, yeah, you. it's not hard to imagine Sexton picking up an injury in three tests against South Africa, I appreciate. And that was Warren Gatlin's thinking in fairness to him. 
So um, it's not an unfair point to make. My put it to Brian O'Driscoll, obviously Ireland have South Africa in the group stages at the World Cup next year. Uh, Declan Bonner then? Yeah, Declan Bonner is stepping down, it seems, as Donegal senior football manager tonight, the 1992 All-Ireland winner, has reportedly informed some players of the decision prior to tonight's county committee meeting. Bonner won back-to-back Ulster titles with Donegal in 2018 and 2019, but this year saw them lose the Ulster final to Derry before a qualifier defeat to Armagh. What are we to say of Bonner's reign, Mick? It's hard to know, really. Like, it's two Ulster titles isn't anything to be sneezed at in five years. Uh, there is people who think that Donegal are potentially a lot better than that, and they haven't really in any way significantly challenged for the All-Ireland in that time. You know, they haven't been there or thereabouts at the business <coughs> end of the year. So I think ultimately it will probably be looked at as not a success. But I do question whether we are talking about Donegal on the reputation of 10 years ago in a way that we did actually with like after the great John O'Matney Galway team that won two All-Irelands I feel like there was a feeling that Galway were All-Ireland contenders for years after in a way they actually weren't you know like I mean the 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 players just weren't there anymore the the the, the um the kind of like backing cast in the way that like Michael Murphy is still there McBearty is still there mm. you know Ryan McHugh is still there and that's, that's a, they're very solid they're brilliant footballers which makes you think Donegal should have a chance here but I don't know if the level of the 20-25 players that you need are at the level of a Kerry or a Dublin or even some of the top counties in Ulster at the moment are heading towards that. So, like, they're always going to be contenders in Ulster. They've got good enough players to do it. I don't know if they're All-Ireland uh, calibre. And I think that actually should be taken into account when we talk about Declan Bonner's tenure. Mm. Uh, Rich, we have transfer news. Yeah, the drain of League of Ireland talents towards England has continued today with Derry City captain Owen Toll joining Bolton Wanderers. The 23-year-old has signed a three-year contract with the League One side. Toll had been Derry skipper this season, having made in excess of 150 appearances for the Candy Stripes. Now, Michael McDonald. Uh, yeah, not the singer, unfortunately, but the Louth-born scrum half has joined Ulster from Super Rugby side Western Force. The 23-year-old left Dundalk for Perth a decade ago with his family, and Dundalk will now link up with his new Ulster teammates in time for pre-season. Meanwhile, the Irish women's team, they're in a two-test trip to Japan. Yeah, next month, and eight uncapped players have been included in that Ireland women's squad for their upcoming two-test series with Japan. Two of those players, Joe Brown and Clara Nielsen, previously represented England. The first of those matches comes in Shizuoka on August 28th, with the second seven days later in Tokyo. World Championships Athletics? Yeah, it's going to be a busy night for Irish athletes at the World Championships in Oregon. Just before 2 a.m., Mark English goes in the heats of the men's 800 metres. Less than an hour later, Rashida Adelaki competes in the first semi-final of the women's 400 metres, while her mixed relay teammate Chris O'Donnell is also in semi-final action in the 400 metres. He goes in semi-final number two. Uh, the top two in each semi-qualify for the final, along with two fastest losers. So the uh, shoot is a pretty narrow one if they want to get through tonight. Now, we'd been wondering if uh, vaccine status might preclude Novak Djokovic from adding to Wimbledon. It's going to. Yeah, unless there's a change from the top in the US, Novak Djokovic's hopes of equaling Rafa Nadal's record of 22 Grand Slams this year have been dealt a major blow today. US Open organisers said they will respect the US government's position regarding travel into the country for unvaccinated non-US citizens. Djokovic, of course, currently unvaccinated, therefore won't be allowed entry to the United States as things stand. The US Open gets underway on August the 29th. 
I'm not mm. sure. I'm not sure they've got much of an option but to respect the U.S. government's decision. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Fair play to them respecting the U.S. government's decision there. Yeah. Well, they said like they, they stipulated that they don't have a vaccine mandate in place themselves, so right. they want to they want to come off as a baby face in this a little bit and make the U.S. government look like the bad guys. Um, but I don't think it's going to wash. And do we know what their policy is on the Russians? Um, they are allowing them compete as neutrals. So right. the likes of Daniel Medvedev, etc., and the Belarusian cohort that missed Wimbledon, uh, they will be allowed into the U.S. Open um, by U.S. Open organizers, but they're going to be uh, neutrals as they had been at the French Open. God, what an uneven, messed up, weird tennis season it's been, right from Djokovic in Australia through. Yeah, it's, yeah. Inc- it's incredible to think that six, seven months ago, we were talking, Novak Djokovic was being sent home from Australia, having arrived deported from the country, like... It's 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 absolutely bananas. That's before anything happened with uh, with Russia at all. You know, just yeah, so and weird. The women, and the women's champion at Wimbledon is actually Russian uh, to add to the whole mess of things, and just basically went to Kazakhstan for the the coaching backing and all that kind of stuff. But Rabakina is one hundred percent Russian. So good luck for that band. Yeah, well done. Is there still any sign of Jovak, jo- Novak Djokovic's Border Patrol episode knocking around? <laughs> <laughs> I'd have that in series link. I'd, I'd, I'd have a home screening for that thing if it comes up. That'd be so funny. I feel we deserve it, you know. Uh, so, Ashley and Thompson. Yeah, Cork Camogie are going to appeal. Ashley's red card received in the All-Ireland Championship round Robin loss to Tipperary. Thompson was booked in the game, but then got a straight red for abuse of language to the referee that came after the full-time whistle. The decision has been upheld by the Camogie Association's transfer hearing and disciplinary committee last week, but the option to appeal will be used. The player could miss Saturday's semi-final with Waterford at Croke Park if they progress and uh, the final as well in August. Yeah. Uh, it's nice, Mick, that there isn't like a, an appeal cloud hanging over the All-Ireland football <laughs> final. It's been that kind of season. Colin Boyle is with us later on after nine. Uh, he is one of many who is really giving Galway big, big chance on Sunday. As, as it gets closer, I'm yeah. hearing increasingly lots of very shrewd observers tipping Galway even to win. You think, yeah, I, I feel like most people see, see, are still kind of thinking that Kerry will fall over the line in some ways, or, you know, just about make it. But, yeah, given a couple of weeks ago, you're thinking there's two very distinct sides of this draw and whoever comes out of Kerry and Dublin are going to win the All-Ireland. People aren't feeling that way the closer they get to the match. And Kerry are definitely well set up, as, like, you know, Colin will explain later, and we've heard, like, Galway are well set up to face Kerry in a way that even Dublin and Mayo, certainly, Dublin and Mayo attacking teams play a very, very different way than the way Galway do and it'll just I, I suppose it's just another test of Kerry to see can they do it in that way they haven't done it maybe since the Cork game Cork I don't think on that level early in the season very very different situation than um, than Kerry have had to face in Crow Park in the last two games so mm. yeah it's it's going to be interesting it, it, it is I wonder also is it a, a case of the fact that we do so much talking about these games now and so much thinking about them that you dig in so much mm. that you find all of these matchups that might work and what, and then sometimes it turns out your instincts from two weeks ago is a carrier about five points better than them turn out to be right based on nothing. I, oh, I, probably as a result of the profession we're in, I always have that thought. I always think to myself, well, when the whistle went and Sean O'Shea's free went over, what did you think? I thought, well, carry by five or six. And so it's like all the talk in the meantime. And, and as you said, sometimes your instinct is just about the right feel, you know, 
what's that uh, thinking smart something slow daniel kahneman you know the book whatever it is sometimes your brain manages to weigh it all up very very quickly i mean pork joyce is just such an amazing operator as well i was just uh, looking back and reminding myself of his career with galway because it feels like he's been there a while but it doesn't feel like he's had much chance with covid i mean he really hasn't 2019 he was the under 20s manager so his first season was 2020 where there was no london there was no new york he lost to mayo that was it in his first championship game of the year 2021 they beat roscommon and then they lost to mayo they were up by five points at half time so coming into this championship season he'd had three championship games you know and like there was a sense when they beat mayo this year and you saw the emotion and the celebrations on the sideline that he was already a man under pressure which like was completely unfair and there's definitely a cohort of managers who took over during covid where it just hasn't been fair on them and he was definitely one of them but like to be here ahead of schedule like this is um i don't know you his presence almost almost i suspect imbues the whole setup with a sense of possibility like here's a living breathing all-Ireland winning legend like this is part of our tradition like this isn't phasing him he's been talking about winning All-Ireland since he took over even if as the whole country had kind of raised eyebrows and thought well this is going to come back and haunt you talking about winning All-Irelands and I mean the way he's talked from day one it's it's kind of happening so you just wonder where Galway might come in with this real sense of emboldened belief this is what we do we win All-Irelands and Kerry have this weight on them and what I've just done there, Michael, is a total example of the guff that we talk. <laughs> <laughs> but I, do you know what? And this is a total example of why I buy into it. I've been listening to you there, and I'm going, do you know what? You're right. It's like no, Joyce. No, I don't believe about, any of that. Joyce talking about ours, but also, <laughs> T. There is something. There is something in counties believing in themselves, thinking that we have a right to be here. So even though this Galway team have kind of come from nowhere, we're in Division Two uh, this year and haven't been All-Ireland contenders. Galway as a county believe they can win All-Irelands. Porrick Joyce has done it, and he does exude that. And what county do we think of who just turn up in All-Ireland finals and, you know, might have come from nowhere and tend to win them all but one time in, since 2003, Tyrone? You know, yeah. that's just what kept coming to my head during, the end, during what you were saying there. And they did it last year. You know, it's not as if we haven't seen a team come from nowhere very, very recently. Yeah. If only Kerry had a tradition of their own, they could fall back on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Throne did play Mayo, who have an unfortunate tradition of their own. Uh, Rich, in in, uh, 30 seconds or less, what are you seeing on Sunday? Uh, I want to believe in that Galway stuff. I want to believe that Harry Joyce can be an inspirational figure. I want to believe that the young upstarts can really trump the... The, the I guess the monarchy that has been in place in terms of Kerry football for the last number of decades, but I just see Kerry being too strong for them. I mm. think that I think the boost that that win over Dublin will have given them that little bit of extra nitrous is probably going to get them over the line. Yeah, I tend to agree. But um, Colin Boyle with us after nine will certainly accentuate the reasons why Galway can give this really good rattle on uh, Sunday. Fellas, we're out of time. Richie, thanks very much. Nice and lads. Mick, for the time being, thank you. Thanks, guys.